Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Life with Liz. All right, guys. So last week I told you all about my two-month post-op. This week I passed my nine weeks. I'm down another pound, 35 pounds total, um, since surgery, let me do the math, 28, so all in all, nine weeks, not so bad. Um, again, everyone's journey is a little different. We all start at different places, so for me, I am right on track, and I could be down a little bit more than that by 10 weeks. However, I am recording this podcast early because I will not be here over the weekend when I normally record this podcast. My husband and I are flying into St. Louis and driving to Ashland, Missouri to surprise my parents at my brother's house. As you know, I'm from Boonville, Missouri originally. Shout out. Um, But we are flying into St. Louis for um, this surprise. So my brother's going to pick us up at the airport. We're going to drive about two hours to Ashland, be there to surprise my parents for a retirement party. They both retired this year. My mom retired from teaching in May. My father just retired from his job as a consultant in insurance just this week. So we wanted to do something, and we threw it together and managed to work it all out. So my brother invited them over for dinner. My sister is coming with her family, and they're bringing a cake. My husband and I are flying in from Colorado, and they don't know that anyone else is coming. They think they're just going to my brother's house. So... It's going to be fun. My sister-in-law got um, catering in from D. Rose, one of their favorite places in Columbia, to go eat. And got a banner that says Happy Retirement and some some funny gifts as well. So in a nutshell, the reason I started talking about this is I'm recording my podcast early. So my stats aren't as on track as they normally are. I would guess I'm going to lose about another pound and a half this week. I don't like – I'm not losing rapid amount of – weight, but again, I'm already under, um, well, I'm already in Wonderland. Let's just say that. I've already lost a huge amount for my body size and my BMI because I wasn't, again, at that top peak of the BMI spectrum. So moving right along. This week, I want to talk to you all about five things not to do post-surgery. So I know I'm only Um, nine weeks out, almost 10 by the time this podcast comes out. But I want to talk to you about things that I keep hearing and seeing other people do that you should just not. If you choose bariatric surgery, whether it's the switch, the bypass, the sleeve, you have made a commitment for life. So why would you go back to old habits or set yourself up for failure And here's the thing, you may not even realize it's failure because in the first year, six months to 12 months, your tool is doing the majority of the work for you. But after that, if you don't commit and stay on track and follow the plan that your dietitian and your doctor have laid out for you, you're going to go through regain. And why would you cut out 80% of your stomach 
to not make it count, to not make it worthwhile, and to increase your benefits in life, to live easier and more freely with your body and have your health be on track. Why would you endanger that? So I put together a list of five things that I keep seeing from either people who have gone through Regain or people who have gone through this process in 2020, and I'm watching them already make bad habits, and I'm lucky that I'm strong in my convictions of doing the surgery because I I just made a deal. Like, if I was going to do this, I was going to do it right. You know, nothing worth doing ain't doing half-ass. That's kind of how I feel. So, the first thing I recommend on my five things not to do post-surgery is drink soda. Or any carbonation, really. But soda is especially terrible. And they tell you, once you start going through the dietitian classes, that you should give up soda. And here's what I'm going to tell you. The moment you start your bariatric journey, no matter which surgery it is, quit soda if you're a soda drinker. Just give it up. Go without it. And here's the reason. There are two reasons why, actually. The first one is your brain will treat soda because of the highly processed sugars and caramels like it's a treat. It's the re- it hits the reward center of your brain and it is addictive. You should really think about that. If you're not going to smoke because it's addictive, why would you put soda in your body? But so your your body is saying, "Hey, I need more. I need more. That's my re- it's hitting that reward system. It's my treat." And here's the thing, post surgery It'll hurt initially when you start to drink it, but every time you drink it, it'll hurt a little bit less. A good rule of thumb for this process is if it hurts, it's a sign you're not ready for it. It's a sign you shouldn't do it. So that's the reason they put you on such a strict diet coming out of surgery. Your stomach's not ready for it. You notice soda never comes back into their diet plan for you. So keep that in mind. The second reason you shouldn't do it is because the carbonation will stretch out your stomach much faster than it naturally would over time, which is going to hurt you in the long run because it's almost like a gateway drug. If it's stretching out your stomach, but also triggering that reward center of your brain saying, I need sweets, I need more, 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 more. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to drink more soda, you're going to eat more sweets, you're going to eat more processed crap, and you should give up the stuff that got you into this position to begin with. Drink water. I found non, uh, like decaffeinated iced tea. I drink a lot of that. It does count towards my water intake since it's decaf. Um, You know, Gatorade, sugar-free Gatorades, all of that is so much better for your body long-term. And your goal is really to be hydrated. And so it is also going to dehydrate you. So rule number one, five things not to do post-surgery, quit soda. Just give it up. Um, my second recommendation is not to eat out all the time. If you don't know how to cook, there are a lot of meal prep delivery services out there that teach you how to cook as well. So whether it's, uh, Blue Apron, Green Chef, um, I can't think of the other one that's super, super popular, but there are so many of those programs out there that help with portion control and teach you how to cook using real foods. It's, it's just not that hard especially right out of surgery, you can buy frozen salmon fillets or any sort of fish, chicken, beef, and have something to put in the oven and just cook up some vegetables with it or a salad. Because the 
more you focus on protein first, the healthier you're going to be. And if you're eating out all the time, not only can you not measure it, you don't know what they put in it, you don't have the right metrics at all. And you're not going to portion control it either. So that Boston Market mashed potato that you ate thinking it's okay, I'm on purees, what is the nutritional value of Boston Market instant mashed potatoes compared to if you were at home and you maybe had tuna fish salad, but in place of mayo, you did avocado. So make smart decisions. Don't eat out all the time because that is a really bad habit to get into because, again, you're not going to be able to know your metrics. You're not going to be able to know your nutritional values, and it's going to put you back into a space that you were in prior to surgery where maybe portion control was an issue. So think about that. Just think about what you're eating. Is it healthy or not? What are the ingredients? Eating out every once in a while, once a month, sure. Three times a week, you should probably rethink that. And if you're someone who drives back and forth a lot, you're, you have a long commute, pre-pack snacks with you. Pack things that are recommended by your doctor. They give you a whole list of ideas of different ways to hit all of your levels. And at the very least, you can t- always take a protein shake with you. So think about that. Rule number three. Do not drink and eat at the same time. This seems like a, like, something I maybe shouldn't have to remind people of, but what it does is it actually, again, disables you for, one, hitting your nutritional count because you're going to get fuller faster. But also, and I did not know this until I asked, like, why is it such a big deal? It, again, leads to your stomach stretching out faster than it naturally would. Your stomach's never going to go back to the size it was, but it isn't tissued organ that can stretch out and will just over time. You might go from four ounces to five ounces. But as long as you're following the plan and hitting your protein goals and your workout goals and your water goals, long term, this lifestyle is going to work for you. So that's a hard, hard thing to stop doing. We have been ingrained to drink while we eat, whether it was a soda prior to surgery, water, whatever it was, a cocktail. It's always gone hand in hand. I mean, food and wine pairings, you can go to any restaurant in the nice restaurant in any major city, and they're going to tell you what wine pairs best with your, your food, your entree. So that's a hard habit to break. I did not, um, I learned this the hard way. I waited till post-surgery to put this plan into effect. I should have started it when I started my classes and my training. So the habit was ingrained because it's just a natural thing. The other thing is, is that I loved spicy food so much. And I never worried about how spicy it really was because I could just drink water. Um, Post-surgery, life does not work that way. I had to cut back on a lot of the spices I used. You know, I don't eat much meat. I only eat fish um, and eggs. So I like the Gardein uh, beef crumbles, the veggie crumbles, so to speak. And I like to make vegan nachos out of that. Well, I learned very quickly I needed to pull back on my green chilies and my serranos because it was too hot for me to eat and not be able to 
drink water with it to cool off my tongue. So I recommend that you put this into practice prior to surgery so you're used to it because when you start introducing solid foods again, you want to introduce some of those comfort foods. And for me, like part of that was vegan nachos and it was completely healthy, hit my metrics, had high protein, and it didn't, it didn't work out so well for me. And just a side tip on my vegan nachos, in case you want to do it with your real meat nachos, instead of chips, I cut up bell peppers and use those as chips. So, and then I'm dairy free, so there was no cheese in there either. But, um, it worked. It was healthy. It was delicious. But cutting out water, start making that habit way before surgery and it'll be so much easier. All right, guys, we're going to get back to my podcast in a moment, but have you gone to my website at lizroutofficial.com and checked out my bariatric sweatshirts? They are so, so cute and comfortable, and as our weather starts to shift into a cooler season, nothing is more snuggly than a fleece sweatshirt. So go to my website, lizroutofficial.com slash shop, use my promo code VSG10, and get 10% off your entire cart. I also have lots of fall lovey-dovey sweater weather goodies up there as well. I have a passion for witches. I just, I like the idea of magic, so there's a lot of that up there as well. And you can also get a hashtag sleeve shirt if you went the VSG route as I did. So again, promo code VSG10 for 10% off your entire cart. Hey everyone, we're going to get back to the show in a minute, but right now I want to talk to you about thrivemarket.com. This is one of my favorite places to shop right now. They started five years ago, and the way it works is they ship directly to your door. You don't have to go into a store. Everyone should have access to healthy products, reliable information, affordable pricing, and that's what Thrive Market does. And the best part is you can shop by your diet, so whether you are gluten-free, vegan, keto, I mean, you name it, they have it, Um, but they also have certified gluten-free, certified organic, certified vegan, fair trade certified, non-GMO verified, Whole30 approved. I mean, they have really gone above and beyond to make sure they are offering the best quality of products, which I really um, strongly, strongly believe in. The other thing I really like from pep, uh, from Thrive Markets, I'm so excited to talk to you about this, um, is the peppermint essential oil. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and it is the only peppermint essential oil that has ever worked for me. I have tried plenty. They either smell sickly sweet, they do absolutely nothing, or they even give me a headache, which is the exact opposite of what it's supposed to do. Don't ask me why, but the Thrive Market peppermint oil works amazingly. The other thing I get a lot from... Thrive Market is the Heritage Store Rosewater Spray. Now, Rosewater has recently become like the new hot thing when you're looking in the um, clean skin aisle at like Target, but I've been using this Heritage Rosewater Spray for years, and I get it from Thrive Market because one, it's less expensive, and two, some of those other brands, look at the ingredients, Rosewater, or water in general is not even the first ingredient, and that's not okay with me. But secondly, it's more affordable. And if you go to thrivemarket.com slash Liz Rao, right now you're going to get $20 off your first cart when you sign up for a membership. And guys, you don't have to sign up for a year-long membership to this site. You can do it month by month. It's as low as $9.99. 
$9.99, guys. That is insane. And I love this so much because they not only have ways you can shop by your diet, Thrive Market goods, but they have food, meat and seafood, meals. They have clean wine. Very important if you're a wine lover. Supplements, beauty, bath and body. They even have everything for your babies, your kids, and even your fur children. Yes, that's right. They have pet supplies. So check them out. They're doing the right thing. They're doing it the right way, and it's delivered to your door in a matter of days once you place your order. Check it out, you all. Thrivemarket.com slash Liz Rao. Okay, so rule number four on my five things not to do post-surgery. Don't stop being accountable for yourself. Nobody else can take this journey for you, and it's so easy to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, it's too cold. I don't want to get out of bed. Like um, someone on a board said, and I thought it was so funny, they said, I wake up, I put my big girl panties on, I put on warmer clothing, and I get my butt on the treadmill. And I thought that's so true. Like you just have to suck it up. This is your journey, nobody else's. And as soon as you start making excuses on why you can't work out or why you didn't hit your goals that day or why you didn't take a three-month post-op photo, or a 10-month measurement, the journey starts to slip. And it has to be a forever lifestyle choice. Nobody really likes to hear that. It's like telling, telling someone who, who can't drink wine anymore because they made a, made a mistake and they went through AA and they gave it up. It's a lifestyle. And it's like saying, like, but you can, you can still cheat when you want to. Like, you really can't. And... You have to be accountable for the reasons why you either hit a stall or things just don't go your way. You have to look back and reflect and say, okay, what did I eat this week? Mm, well, I only got 40 grams of protein four days this week versus 60. Well, let's say you're trying to calorie count and you didn't want to go above 800 calories and so you only got 40 grams of protein. The protein is more important than the calorie, Right. So not hitting that protein level means your body is not burning fat the same way. So it starts to conserve by, by slowing down your metabolism so then you're not losing as much weight. So you have to hold yourself to those goals that your doctor gave you. Hold yourself to the liquid goals. Hold yourself to taking before and after photos. Nobody loves a full body shot photo, especially going through this process because we maybe didn't like our body before, but it's important to track. And even if you have end up having to go through revision, you then have those photos or measurements or weight measures to say, okay, at three weeks post-op last time, I was this. You know, so that's all part of taking accountability. And it's all really important. Your doctor's not just telling you information just to talk. Your your teachers, your nutritionist, your counselor, they're all there for you and they're all resources. So stick with your appointments, stick with your goals, stick with taking the measurements, stick with the diet plan and, and hold yourself accountable. Don't let that slip. If that makes sense. Um, and my last goal it's a little preachy. You know all you all know how I like to get, but don't expect miracles. That's number five. And I say that because the weight loss tool 
So I did the sleeve. So I'm going to use that as my example. The sleeve will do most of the work for me my first year. But if I don't make the adjustments in my life, I'm just going to go back to the weight I was before. And not only do you have to really realize you have to make that lifestyle change there, you can't compare yourself to other people. Um, That's a hard, hard reckoning to come by. Because I've watched so many other people who are like, oh my god, I'm three months post-op and down 75 pounds. Well, I'm not going to be down 75 pounds three months post-op because my body is different. My needs were different. Um, My proportions were different. My BMI was different. I did not have diabetes. So, I mean, I can't expect miracles just because I went through this surgery. Like, I have to put in the work. I have to follow all of these tips on what not to do. I have to follow everyone's tips on what we should be doing. I have to follow the advice of my doctor. I have to put this tool to work. It's not going to do it all for me, and it's not going to maintain it for me. And so you can't just go through the surgery and expect to be cured. So that's why I say don't expect miracles. Like, you're, you were strong enough to go through the process That's not easy to qualify for this surgery. You're strong enough to put it to work post-surgery. And if anyone out there ever needs an accountability buddy, I am more than happy to, to pen pal or talk to someone or just be there to listen. Part of this journey is facing maybe some of the reasons we put ourselves in a position where food became comfort. I mean, that's a huge part of it for me. So anyone who's listening and who's out there, like if you just want to talk, you just want to spitball ideas on ways to make this maybe a little bit easier, don't hesitate to reach out. You can message me on Instagram or on my website and let's talk. With that being said... Because I don't want to end it on a Debbie Downer note. I want to talk a little bit about what's happening in Colorado. So this week, we got snow. Yes, that's right. You heard me. Not even September 15th yet. And we had snow. And let me tell you what. It went from 96 degrees to 34 degrees. That's a major drop. But why most people wouldn't like that, I loved it. I love a little winter wonderland, and it was also a blessing for Colorado because we have so many wildfires, and the snow tampered down some of the fires. So we were having ash, like, all over our back patio, our driveway, the trees from these fires, and I live, I don't live right next to the mountain base. I'm on the other side of Denver, on the east side, close to the airport, and the snow tampered it all down. So it was God's way of giving us a small blessing. And so sometimes you just have to look at it from a different perspective. Right? Okay, guys. I got to run. I have to go pack and go to bed so I can get up at 4 a.m. and go surprise my very wonderful parents in Missouri. So let's talk soon, shall we? Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz.